So today, we continue our series, Wholehearted. And wholehearted is about our relationship with God. And we're looking at the Psalms. 150 Psalms, uh, many of them, at least half of them were written by David, King David. And so we're talking about these different types of Psalms. And a Psalm basically is a song. It's an expression of someone's relationship with God. And so we get to see David's heart. And David, the scriptures tell us, was a man after God's own heart. He was far from perfect. He made some big time mistakes, but he had a wholehearted faith. And that's what God wants for us as well. He wants us to express our faith. He wants us to have a relationship with him where we learn to connect and communicate and depend on him and trust him on a daily basis. And so the question is, how is your heart today? How's your heart? How are you doing? You know, the heart gets a lot of attention these days. I don't know so much on the spiritual component of our hearts, but our physical heart gets a lot of attention, right? We hear about heart fitness. Are you fit? Are you doing the things that you need to do to have a healthy heart? Now think about it. We, we know about this stuff. We've read it. We've heard it from others. Maybe our spouse keeps saying, hey, you need to get out there and be more active. I want you to be healthy. And we know that if we're going to have a healthy heart, it takes what? It takes activity. It takes physical fitness. It takes eating the right kinds of foods. You have to be active. There's no other way. And this is real physical fitness, by the way. You may be saying, hey, Dave, uh, I watch a lot of sports on TV, so, you know, I got that covered. Got this little character right there. Some of you may be saying, hey, I play some pretty intense video games, bro. Um, Maybe it's like this. Inactivity is one of the key risks or factors in heart disease. Your heart becomes stronger through exercise, through activity, pumping more blood with less effort. And this then helps uh, your resting heart because why? Because it takes less effort to pump blood across your body. Pretty basic stuff. We get it. We understand it. But the question is, how is your spiritual heart today? Because it's easy to take for granted especially if our heart is hurting, if there's stuff going on in our lives, it's easy to push its importance aside. And in Proverbs chapter four, we hear these words, that we're to guard or protect our spiritual heart because it is the wellspring of life. Our heart, our connection and ability to connect with God is the most important thing. And what we know then is, You can't be passive. You can't allow your heart to be numb if you're going to be healthy. And so today we're going to talk about praise. We're going to talk about the importance of praise. When we praise God, our spiritual heart becomes stronger. Something happens inside of us. Our spiritual muscles get strengthened and pushed And you know what we get in the process? 
when we make praise a part of our life, we get hope and we get joy and we get an increase in our faith, not because we're so strong, but because we connect with the God who increases the strength and the faith of the weak. So Psalm 103 is a psalm of praise. It's written by David. And I think as you listen to the words, you can feel the joy just resonating out of the words. This is how David experienced relationship with God. This is how he expressed his faith. And we'll be looking at you know, other psalms as well. In a couple of weeks, we're going to look at lament. Um, we're going to look at uh, you know, contrition or repentance type songs. And you may be saying, well, I'm more of a lament person, not really a praise person, Dave. But praise is this driving force that gives our heart strength and life to deal with all the other emotions that we have. Praise is so important. So just listen to the text. If you want to, you can read along. You may want to close your eyes and just allow the words to set in. Here's what David says in Psalm 103. He says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we may deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Pray pray with me just for a moment. Lord, we, we want David's words to be ours this morning. Help us to enter in, to experience your mercy and your grace and your love and your favor, your forgiveness, your redemption, and this filling that you give your people where you continue to fill us with good things. God, will you do that for us this morning? Will you meet us in this place? Will you help us as we learn a life of praise? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So what does it mean for us to praise God? I mean, I can remember early on in my faith, you know, I just made a commitment to follow Christ when I was 22. And one of the first churches I went to was a big Pentecostal church. And it was, it was very confusing what was going on in that worship service. I mean, it was praise. I mean, if you've seen, and I was like, I don't know exactly what this is because I've never seen it before, but if you turn on the TV or you watch on the internet, sometimes you see like the kind of far end praise of God, where sometimes it can be just absolute craziness. Um, I'm not critiquing the way people worship, but sometimes it's just 
craziness. I, I watched this, this uh, YouTube video of a church service, and it was the, I mean, it was supposed to be funny. It was just, it was strange because here's this church, you know, the pastor, he's, you know, he's going back and forth, which was cool. And there was this guy, everybody was kind of worshiping, had, you know, different things going on. But this guy kept bouncing across the stage, you know, in front of the stage. And then he kind of like pogo stick back this way. And then there was this guy in the front row, he was dancing a little bit. And then he, he just fell over and he, he laid on the ground on the carpet like this, face down. And there was this guy who, who looked like a zombie he wasn't, and he ended up tripping over him, and he fell too. So it was just bizarre. And the question is, is that praise? Now, that's an extreme. Often we get caught up in very, you know, almost too subdued praise. So we'll address that here in a moment. The question is, what does it mean for us to praise? Well, let's talk about defining praise. A definition, basic definition of praise is when we applaud, we express our appreciation or approval for something or someone. We get that, right? Some of us are sports fans. We do that. I mean, we're pretty good at it with our sports teams, right? We hug people and we high people, high five people we don't even know to express our praise. It's good for the heart, right? So what does it mean for us to praise God. When you look at some of the Hebrew words, there's a, a number of them that are used for praise. One of the key ideas is to celebrate. We are called to celebrate and appreciate who God is and what he's done for us. And this is something that should happen on Sunday mornings in worship. I mean, um, something should happen inside of us when we give praise to God. Now, I don't care how you express yourself, but your heart should beat a little faster. Or if you come into church and the worship experience and you're really anxious about something, um, praise will maybe calm down your heart and put you in a different place. But something needs to happen inside of us when our spiritual heart connects with God. Where we're moved to express thanks and give him praise for being a God who's merciful and loving, who cares about his people and has done something in Christ that changes our eternal destiny. You don't have to go crazy in worship to praise God, but you also don't have to just sit there, right? Our heart needs to be engaged. So here's the question. Okay, if we're giving praise because of who God is and what he's done for us, David gives us some very tangible reasons in this psalm of what God has done for us. Um, I want to talk about three things. It's right out of the text. One of the reasons that David praises God is because God forgives all of our sins. Now, this is a starting point. If you are here and you're just checking out faith, you have questions about Jesus we are so glad that you're here. And this is kind of a starting point, is that God is a merciful and forgiving God who longs for us to open our hearts to him, to receive his mercy and the forgiveness that he gives in Christ. Now, this is what's so important. Remember what David said, um, we, we all are broken. We all have sin that we've dealt with in our lives, that we deal with today, and there's stuff that could trip us up in the future. And what David says is, God has removed our sins as far as the east is from 
the West. And that's incredible when you think about it. That means when we put our trust and our faith in Christ, we're forgiven completely. That means that every sin is forgiven and removed. Not just some of our sins, not just the stuff from the past, but all of it, the past, the present, the future. And that's what we celebrate because it's not something we have to accomplish on our own. It's not something we have to earn. It's the gift that God gives us in Christ. How does he forgive? God only forgives through Jesus. That's why he came into the world. That's why Jesus lived a life that we can't. This isn't going to work. That's why Jesus um, paid the price. Okay. That's why Jesus was willing to come and redeem us. That's the second point. So he forgives all of our sins, and God redeems us. Let me turn this off. So what does that mean? It means that we celebrate that he purchased our freedom through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, that's actually what it means to redeem is to purchase. It means a bill has been paid in full. So here's the question. Has, uh, has anyone ever bought a meal for you? I mean, a really nice meal? How do you feel when somebody does that? Well, I mean, you feel really good, and you typically give them thanks in praise for providing a really nice meal for you. Has anybody paid a larger bill for you? Maybe something that you couldn't pay, you didn't have the resources, you didn't have the credit, and yet somebody came along. Imagine, imagine if somebody came along and they paid your school loans or they paid off your house. How would you feel? You would be welling up with appreciation, wanting to celebrate the goodness of this person who's done something incredible for you something that you couldn't do for yourself. And that is the good news that David celebrates, is that God redeems. God has redeemed our lives, and therefore we celebrate. So here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, just verse 7. It says, He, God, is so rich in kindness and grace that he's purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son, and he forgave all our sins. Now think about this. Redemption means that you and I are free. We're forgiven. We're redeemed. And that means that you and I are free from all the stuff that we've carried around. Our hurt, the pains we've experienced, the things we've done wrong in the past, maybe the things that we've done wrong today. We're free from all that. Now here's why this is so important. Because David says, not only does he forgive and redeem, he also fills my life with good things. You see, when we're free, our heart can be filled with all kinds of good stuff that God wants us to have. Now, here's the problem we all face. Because we live in a broken world, because we've all been hurt, we've been offended, um, you know, we've got you know, stuff that we, we carry along with us, maybe things that we don't want to let go of where we don't want to forgive somebody, we don't want to give up on something 
that we kind of are holding tightly because it hurts. And yet David says, when you let that go, not only are you forgiven and redeemed, but you also say, okay, I'm going to forgive and I'm going to let this go and I'm going to be gracious. Then we can be filled because we're not carrying that stuff inside of us. Instead, our heart can be strengthened through the grace and the love and the presence of God to be filled with more and more of his life so that we can give it to others. That's one of the beautiful things of our relationship with God, especially when we begin to, to, to learn or live into this life of praise is to recognize that God is with us and he's asking us to participate with him and to be involved in what he's doing in our world. He fills my life with good things. Okay, um, I want to talk about Paul just for a moment. Paul, who wrote about half of the New Testament, um, he had some incredible experiences. And in Acts, we get you know, some, some of these stories, these events and experiences that Paul had as he was going out to share the message of God's love with people. It wasn't easy. It was hard. And Paul was one who, he, he learned to praise God and be connected to God on a daily basis, on a moment-to-moment basis. Um, and here's one of the experiences that he had. Now, this is crazy when you think about it. It's, uh, it's not what you would expect. I mean, here's this guy who's ex- he's just, you know, experiencing this incredible movement of God. He's being filled with God on a daily basis. And then he goes into this new city, and they're talking about Jesus. In fact, they did a, a, a healing of this woman that made a bunch of people mad. And so it was like an uproar where all these people in the city went against Paul and Silas. And here's what the text says in Acts chapter 16. It says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to the foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called for uh, lights and he ran to the dungeon and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, here's the rest of the story. The jailer brought Paul and Silas to his house. He cared for their wounds. They ate a meal together. And his whole family, his whole household, made a faith commitment and was baptized. And they celebrated, and Paul and Silas celebrated. And it was just incredible, this incredible moment. And the next morning, the jailer brought them back to the jail, and they were let go. Um, We won't go into that part of the story, but think about this. Now, Paul and Silas, they were being faithful. They were depending on God, and yet they got a terrible beating. They're like, I don't want that. I want to stay away from that. And even more so, 
as they went into the prison after being beaten, imagine how the pain they experienced, how they felt. It wasn't a time of lament for them. At midnight, they began singing praises and connecting with God. And it had such an impact on everybody around them that prisoners were listening and ultimately the jailer and his whole household would come to faith. Imagine if Paul and Silas, they wouldn't, imagine if they didn't sing praises. Imagine if they wouldn't have done that, the impact that it would have had. But because they praised, because they connected with God and clung to him, they had an opportunity to be a part of changing somebody else's life. And that's our opportunity as we, you know, just take daily steps in a life of praise. It starts with our faith, our desire to connect with God and our weakness to come to him and to be filled with his life, with his grace, with his goodness, so that we can share it with the people around us. And really, that's what Serve the City is all about. That's one of the reasons we made a commitment to go town, downtown. There are a couple of things as we did some planning earlier this year. One was there are not enough churches that work together to do good in their city. And so um, there was a movement through San Antonio, and then there were a few of us churches that said, let's do something together. And that's where this idea of serving downtown came together. And um, I have to tell you, it's, it wasn't like, okay, it was... It felt like the right thing to do, but it's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of work that goes into pulling off an event at a new location, at a park, which is San Pedro. So there's a lot of effort that goes into these weekends and these Sundays as we serve together. But it is so amazing already to see what God has done through our effort and our willingness to praise God and to show his love to other people. Um, just last month, there were some neat things that happened. I want to tell you one story that's come out of our first experience down there. And this is something that you can participate in next weekend. Well, <clears throat> we've, we've gotten you know, into a few of these neighborhoods. We're starting to have conversations with people, and we're finding out what's happening. And so there's, um, there's a, a couple that has lived there for years, and their house was condemned. I don't know how long ago, a year or two ago. Um, their names are Miguel and Guadalupe, uh, let's see, Calzada. And what happened was uh, one of their neighbors, a woman who's 101 years old, knew of uh, their, their plight, that their house had been condemned. And, and then uh, a, a guy stopped by, just, it was her birthday, I guess she turned 101, and he stopped by to say happy birthday and give her a present. And his name was Bob uh, Coleman, and she said, Bob, you have to do something for my neighbors. Their house has been condemned. They're going to be thrown out on the street. They have no place to go. And so he started uh, working on first getting a delay and then, um, you know, really creating a project to save and remodel their house. And then, uh, you know, because we'd gone down there, because we're paying attention um, you know, Scott over at Mission Church found out about that. And now we are going to be part of one of the work crews next Sunday. And so they need 25 or 30 volunteers. You can find out more about it at the Connecting Center. 
but where we can be a part of the work that's being done for these people, not just to save their house, but to be a part of what God may be showing them in their lives. As we come alongside and we show the love and grace of God and we show our praise for what God, for who he is and what he's done in our lives. You see, it starts with each one of us as we think about praise, but it's, it's so far beyond that because we're not alone. I mean, not one of us is alone in our faith. We're a part of a community. That's one of the reasons we come together on a weekly basis to be encouraged, to be lifted up, so that our hearts can be made spiritually stronger. It's like uh, running a race. I want to show this, uh, this picture here. Because, right, I mean, our faith, it's, it's a training exercise where we, we get involved in something greater than ourselves. And you may not go out and run 13 or 26 miles on your own. You'd be like, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But when you get into a group like this, it's easier. Um, that's why we come together. And really, our assignment for each one of us as we go into this week, as we think about the condition of our heart, as we kind of begin each day saying, okay, God, I want more of you, and I want to start with praise. There are really two things that we focus on, just two ideas for you to think about each morning when you wake up, whether you stay in bed and think about it or whether you get up and go someplace in your house, whether you have a cup of coffee or whatever you do first thing in the morning. Um, We celebrate, we give praise for who God is and what God has done for us. And maybe it's just uh, getting a a pad of paper or something that you can type into. Maybe it's your phone and just starting to list. Here are some of the things that I'm thankful for. Some of the good things that God has given me. And you know what? I think as we do that together, we'll have stories to tell. God will give us opportunities to be a part of helping others as they grow closer to God.